Welcome to POP. My name is Pastor Tony Katko, and this is a shortened version of the sermon from Sunday, June 12th. This week, we're starting this series on children in the Bible. And when you think about it, children have a very strange place in our culture. Because on the one hand, we lift children up as precious. We know that they're important. Children are our future. We need to take care of them. We know this. We say this. But at the same time, we tend to want to keep kids separate. There are adult spaces, and then there are the family and children's spaces. There's this idea that children are to be seen, but not heard. So unless they're doing something cute, kids need to learn their place. So it's like we know that kids are important to our future, but they need to stay off to the side because they don't have anything to offer yet. But in our reading today, Jesus challenges this view of children. This is from Mark chapter 10. People were bringing children to Jesus in order that he might touch them, and the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So the disciples are clearly of that mind that children should be seen but not heard. And Jesus flips this around. He's like, you think the children don't belong here? Let me tell you, they are more at home in the kingdom of God than you are. In fact, the only way for you to be a part of God's kingdom in this world is to become more like these children you're trying to cast aside. You see, it turns out that the things that matter most about faith come more naturally to children than to the rest of us. Think about some of the key elements of faith, things like humility. Now, children who haven't been here that long, they know that they have a lot to learn. But adults, it's easy for us to think we've got it all figured out, even though we don't. And so children can teach us humility that we always have more to learn. And then there's trust, which is another word for faith. Most children learn this at a very early age. They have to trust that the people that love them are going to take care of them. So trusting in God like a loving parent, this is something that children live out every day. And then there's the way that kids experience life differently than adults. There are so many things that fill them with wonder and joy that adults usually don't pay attention to. There's this article in Psychology Today that said the average four-year-old laughs about 300 times a day, but the average 40-year-old laughs about four times. Children tap into the joy of life much easier than adults do. And there's one more part of faith that kids can teach us. It's the reality of our dependence. Simply put, that we can't make it through life on our own. We need each other and we need God. Children know this. They know that they need others to provide for them. But adults, we tend to forget that we need each other and we need God. So there's humility, trust, joy, and dependence. These key principles of faith that we don't teach our children, they already know it. But there's something else that's important about this passage. It shows us that children in the world of the Bible are everywhere. 
even though it may look like they're nowhere. Think about it. The disciples are mad because the children that are in the crowd are brought forward to Jesus. Whenever there is a crowd in the Bible, it is usually not just adults. Families were a part of the crowds. Children were in the back running around. See, kids didn't go to school and daycare all day. That's a modern concept. Kids were always with the families, with their adults learning and working. You see, kids were everywhere. They just often aren't mentioned. They often aren't counted. The best example of this is in the story that we usually call the feeding of the 5,000. So Jesus was teaching out in the countryside, and it gets to that time of day that the disciples are worried that the crowd's gonna get hungry. And so they tell Jesus, send them off to a town so they can eat. And Jesus says, no, you feed them. And they're like, but Jesus, we don't have enough food. He's like, yes, you do, trust me. And so they gather up the food, and at first, it doesn't look like much. Just a few loaves of bread, a few fish, but then when they start to share it, it turns out there is more than enough. Everyone eats their fill and there's food left over. But at the end of the story, Matthew says this line, 5,000 men were fed to say nothing of the women and children. So the women and children are there, they're just not counted. And scholars think that in this kind of crowd, women and children would have outnumbered the men. So it wasn't the feeding of the 5,000. It was the feeding of the 10 or 15 or 20,000. Matthew's like, yeah, there were women and kids there too, but nobody bothered counting them. But John's gospel mentions that the first person that came forward was a young boy who brought food. Who do you think it was that brought food from home that then they distributed? It was the women and the children, not the men. There's this nun Sister Simone Campbell, who talked about this story in an interview. And she said at first, when she thought about this line, it made her really mad. Oh, 5,000 men, let's not even count the women or children. But then she thought about it, and she decided maybe there's a hidden meaning here. Maybe the gospel writers only counted the people who thought of this as a supernatural miracle. Because the women and the children, they knew this was a lesson about sharing. They brought food from home, and then they listened to Jesus. They trusted, he knew what he was doing, and they shared it. And it turned out there was enough for everyone. And so the women and children, they knew this was a lesson on sharing, but for the men, it was a miracle. Now granted, this is a gender stereotype, but she points out some men today do the same thing. It's like men show up and wow, there's food on the table. Where did that come from? It's a miracle. It must've been the elves that put it there. So Jesus feeds this crowd, and the women and children weren't counted. But without what they brought, the crowd wouldn't have been fed at all. Adult men have this history of not seeing women and children as equally valuable, not worth counting. But God always counts them, even when we don't. So think about some of the ways that the needs of our children have not been counted the ways that they've been ignored just in the past few years. I think it says something about our country, that when things were shut down, the bars were opened up long before the childcare centers and the schools were. And I know all of this is complicated, but so many families over and over again are told, you just figure it out on your own. And now that schools and childcare centers are open again, 
childcare for younger kids isn't available to everyone. There's this study back in 2018, so before the pandemic, that showed that half of Americans were living in a childcare desert, where the amount of kids under three outnumber the spots for licensed childcare three to one. And we don't know the current numbers, but we only know that it's gotten worse thanks to the pandemic. And now Gehenna is not one of those childcare deserts, but families and children struggle here too. I am so glad that Peace can partner with Gehenna residents in need and help with their summer lunch program and the weekend snack packs during the year. Things that feed these children and families so they're not hungry. But it's also heartbreaking. It's a reality check that something is wrong here, that so many children and families are hungry right here in our community where there is a lot of wealth. We need to do better. How can we do a better job to make sure that all of our children get what they need to thrive in life? So Jesus cares for the children, but he also listens and blesses them. And that's a practice I think we can apply to all of God's children, no matter how old or young. So who in your life do you need to listen to and bless that you might not want to? Maybe because they're too young or too old or too conservative or liberal, or maybe they're on the wrong side of too important of an issue that their views and needs don't count. But guess what? They do count to God. So what if we started by assuming that we have something to learn from all of God's children? When we embrace that childlike faith of humility and trust and joy and dependence, then we can be a blessing that this world needs.